Uh, Biden funny getting us going tonight. Yes, it's a late evening attempt to get a little bit of a podcast going here. We're going to see how that's going to go. Uh, hold on. Let me get my light on. Oh, oh. Well, no, whatever. That light's not coming on. So, hold on. I probably need to brighten up the camera just to see. All right. Now, back to the top of the show. Here we go. Okay, so a lot of stuff's been going on today uh, amongst one of the many things that's going on that I'm not going to even attempt to attack first is the whole uh, Big Fanny, Big Fanny, and the problems that she's having in the courts over there. Uh, We'll we'll touch on that a little bit, but I mean, it's kind of... You know, the, the bottom line is, is whether or not she was lying to the court. I mean, I mean, everybody's like, oh, you know, why are they up in her business? So she wants to fuck a guy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's that's partly it. But the, the thing you have to remember, she's an attorney, she's under oath, and it's whether or not she lies to the court. Because if you lie about one thing, that means you could be lying about all kinds of stuff. Um, so unfortunately for her, it's establishing her affair with her assistant attorney that's helping her on the case. And she lied about it. And so if she can lie about that, she can lie about anything. So it really puts her in a bad spot uh, legally in the court case. But we're not going to delve into that first off. First off, first off, that's not what we're going to delve into. Um, so remember the uh, the um, the the well, there was a group of seven immigrants in New York City. They beat up a cop. Five of those seven were released without bail, with no bail. They were le- released with no bail. Uh, two of them were released with bail. Um, and the funny thing about that is, five of the seven that assaulted those cops in New York um, released with no bail, and one of the other ones that did have bail. Uh, he was bailed out by a church. Now, I wonder, I wonder, you know, here, let me get this right here. This is uh, Darwin Andres Gomez Iskel, 19, right? He's one of the people that was uh, let out of there without bail, uh, with no bail. He was just let go by the judge. Well, he's back in the news again. I'm sure many of you have already seen this. And let's just take a little look right here. Fox News alert now breaking news. This is brand new video of the suspect in that NYPD officer beating. He was just arrested in a separate Macy's robbery case, suspected of being involved in a security guard beatdown. The security guard outside Macy's was punched and kicked. Darwin Gomez was one of those beating suspects, a judge initially freed without bail after the beating of two NYPD police officers in Times Square earlier this month. Oopsie, oopsie, a big oopsie, oopsie. I mean, who would have thought that these guys, these illegal immigrants that already had the nerve, the nerve to beat up a cop would commit a crime again when they're just released? Hey, you know, no bail, just go. And the two out of the seven that did have bail, they were picked up. <laughs> by this church is a Lutheran church. Uh, here's one of the other guys that was let out. Now he hasn't been arrested again, as far as we know. So maybe the church is doing a good thing here, but yo, Henry Brito 24, who was being held at Rikers Island on, uh, the January 27th cop attack. Let me see. The, da, 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 da. Uh, the sole migrant had been held behind bars for the gang attack on two NYPD cops in times square. He's now free after activist Brooklyn priest posted his $15,000 bail. So, you know, they're not getting uh bail from the courts. And then when they do have bail, like two out of the seven, uh, the church is, uh, putting up the money. Uh, the Reverend Juan Ruiz, said our church is basically a sanctuary. Everybody wants to be a sanctuary. Sanctuary city, sanctuary state. Uh, You know, right now, today, if anybody claims that they're a sanctuary anything, pretty much means you're whatever you're into is going down the shitter. Uh, Chicago, sanctuary cities, Boston. Come on. We can name them over and over. Uh, But anyways, Reverend Juan Ruiz told the New York Post that our church is basically a sanctuary. We assume that people are innocent until they are proven otherwise. Now, I'll tell you what, man, this whole thing of these migrant vicious crimes, it's not just a one-off. Okay, so this guy, this guy that we were just talking about that uh, got arrested again for beating up a Macy's security guard, and then in New York City, you've got migrants down there attacking police officers once again with machetes. Here we go. Take a look. Oh, my God.
officers there pleaded for cooperation before being viciously attacked. The suspect caught on body camera video swinging what appears to be a machete. A sergeant was reportedly slashed across the side of his face and two other officers cut on the wrist and shoulder while trying to arrest the man. You know, that was back in that was back in January 20, uh, January 27th. But still, come on, man. There's all kinds of this crazy stuff going on. I mean, <sighs> here's another town. Here's another town. These are a bunch of Peruvians that are coming over. And here they go. They're just busting through the whole town. This is in West Whiteland, Pennsylvania, where a bunch of migrants are showing up. And here they go. They're just running through stores, stealing Police tons of merchandise. A new trend. Recently, they have been busting groups that are stealing large quantities of merchandise. And they say the suspects are in the country illegally. The latest theft unfolded at this Ulta on February 1st. We've obtained video from inside the store that shows two men walk inside, both with distinct white patches hanging from their back pockets. Two males come in. Police say they helped steal $2,000 All right, we get it. We don't have to hear the whole story. They were identified as Albert Terrell. All right, we get it. We get it. We get it. Get it. There's other people that are complaining about the same thing. You got this guy. That was in front of a city council meeting in his town in Lakewood in Colorado. This transfer station, which is going to turn into a money pit and a magnet for every criminal that's coming across the border. Don't we have enough problems in Lakewood without importing them from Denver? Who is saying, yeah, Lakewood, you're stupid enough to take all of them. Take our problems, you dummies. It's a money pit. And you guys are responsible for our money. Don't screw it up. This is going to be a money pit. Can't you guys think five minutes ahead? Do us a big favor and just quit. <laughs> get your sorry butts up and leave. Any city resources. All right, we get it. Citizens are coming. They're coming unraveled at the uh, migration problem that is plaguing their cities. And it's all over the place. It's happening, especially in these sanctuary cities. Okay, one thing to really piss you off. So, I, you know, I'm picking on the migrants today. Uh, but one thing, we talked about this yesterday, and we were talking about it was more, well, here's the actual numbers. We were talking about how migrants are receiving more money. Oh, yeah, it was uh, Marco Rubio that was talking about how migrants are receiving more money than uh, somebody that works for 40 years in the United States and collects their Social Security benefits. Uh, if you just come over as a migrant, you're going to make more money in governmental benefits, taxpayer dollars, uh, than somebody that's worked in the system for 40 years and paid into the Social Security. Well, not only does it affect Social Security people, migrants are making more money than them, they're also making more money than poor Americans that are, have SNAP benefits or, for lack of a better term, food stamps. And here is Fox News, and this is a reporter claiming that for, the migrants are receiving 40% more dollars for food than poor New Yorkers that are on food stamps. Here, check this out. Each migrant will get approximately $12.52 per day to purchase food and baby supplies. That's about 40% more than what the average low-income American wow. gets in this country on government food stamps or stamps wow. in 2022, which was about $7.59 per person per day. To put in other words, that $53 million that's being used for this prepaid debit program is double what the New York State is budgeting in 2025 for its Department of Veterans Services, wow. its Office of National and Community Service, its Division of Human Rights, and it's more than each migrant will get approximately All right, it's repeating, my bad, but, you know, we're doing this live. So I, I, if you're not getting pissed off, it's more money than New York's spending on the veterans. It's more money than they're giving to poor New Yorkers. It's it's 40% more. 40, illegal, illegal immigration an illegal immigrant is making 40 percent more just on snap food benefits uh and the new york government the new york state is throwing more money at that than they are their veterans are you pissed off yet are you are you are you a little perturbed are you a little angry you know when are we the people going to wake up and say ho 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 hold on hold on reel this back in something's got to change but the bottom line is you keep in you keep on voting in these 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 politicians. I mean, when are you gonna say you've had enough of this leftist extremist extreme extremism in this country? I don't know. You tell me. When when are we gonna say uncle? 
When are we going to say uncle? You know, well, now Trump brought this up because we know back to the whole Fanny thing, the whole Fanny case that's going on and CNN was covering it live, but they also shot over to a shot of Trump. Um, and he started talking on the cameras at CNN and it was, it, it, you'll see it's dual pictures with the, with the Fanny's boyfriend, dude, I forget his name. Um, but they were very quick to cut him off when he started talking about illegal immigration and crimes happening across the country. Here we go. Just take a listen and see how long CNN lets Trump bring up that whole issue. You want to be ashamed of herself. She's campaigned for years of trying to get Trump without knowing anything about me. It's all a rigged, it's a rigged state, it's a rigged city, it's a shame. They ought to, what they ought to do is go out and take care of the violent crime and the migrant crime that's destroying people and killing people. Not a case that everybody says, you take a look at the Oh, he starts talking about migrant crime, and they're quick to get those cameras off him. That doesn't uh, that doesn't push their narrative that they want going on across on CNN. But he's absolutely right. Migrant crime is out of control. And as we're talking about Trump, as we're talking about Trump and uh, all the Russian collusion, whatever that it comes out that oh, it really did happen. The CIA, the FBI, everybody was doing illegal stuff and spying on Trump. I just want to revisit this little clip from 2018 from CNN. And let me just play it for you, because remember what back in 2018, one of the biggest things that they kept harping on over and over and over in the mainstream media was that Trump is a liar. Trump is lying about this Russian collusion. It's all just a bunch of nonsense. He's making it up. He's a liar. He shouldn't be your president. Brainwash, 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 brainwash. Let's take a little visit back and let me let me remind you of what was going on in 2018. Maybe the biggest lie of all repeatedly and with no facts to back him up, making the outrageous claim that the so-called deep state spied on his campaign. He did it again today. But I hope it's not true, but it looks like it is. It's not true. It's a lie. Did the intelligence community spy on, on President Trump and his campaign? Uh, no, we did not. This is not just an angry president popping off. This is a deliberate and coordinated effort to save his presidency, to cast doubt on the Russia investigation by repeating a lie, repeating it every chance he gets. And that repetition is a key part of, of the strategy here, because if you hear him say the same thing over and over and over, it gets into your head. You may even start to wonder if there's some truth to it. This concerning new report accusing President Obama's CIA of curating the 2016 Russia collusion hoax. Yeah, well, we don't have to revisit that. We know what's going on today. Uh, you think CNN's going to retract any of those things Mr. Don Lemon said back then? Not, no, probably not. Probably not. Probably not. They're just going to, it's water under the bridge, right under the bridge. Okay, so now this has been a very controversial system that they've had in Chicago. We're switching gears here. Uh, Chicago. Now, the mayor of Chicago, what is his name? I always forget his name, but he's a real winner, man. Mayor Brandon Johnson, okay? Mayor Brandon Johnson, one of the things you have to know about this shot system, okay? The shot spotter. Now, first off, let me explain what it is, because as a libertarian that doesn't like the government looking over your shoulder, it's a little creepy. But Chicago spent tons of money to have this shot spotter system installed in their cities. Because, you know, gun control, everything's going on. Uh, heavy gun control, but still murders were out of off the charts in Chicago. You know, we know it's one of the armpit assholes of the United States when it comes to uh, deadly crime, black on black crime specifically. So Chicago, they invested in this company that came in there and they put the shot spotter system. Now, what it is, you know how we track earthquakes where we have sensors in different locations. And if this one read it at a 4.5 and this one read it at a six and you can triangulate between the three places that picked up the earthquake and you can find out where the epicenter of that earthquake is. Well, the shot spotter system did the same thing with the volume of gunshots. They had cameras and they had microphones all over the city. A shot goes off. They can, it can do, 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 and they can calculate in to pinpoint where that shot was happening. And this was helping Chicago PD track down these violent criminals that were out there shooting on the streets and be able to detect them and get them down and locate. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these killings before this were unanswered for. You know, they just happened. They just happened left and right. Well, the shot spotter system made it a way. I'm not too sure if I agree with it, but it made it a way for the police to track down these killers on the streets, and it worked. It worked. Okay, this mayor, mayor, I already forgot his name again, Brandon Johnson. When he was campaigning to become the mayor of Chicago, one of the things that he ran on was to get rid of this shot spotter system. And there's organizations. 
community groups in Chicago that claim that this shot spotter system sends police to black and Latino neighborhoods for unnecessary and hostile encounters, that the shot spotter system is racist. Now, I don't know how an inanimate object that detects gunshots and can triangulate the location can be a racist, but there's a lot of people in Chicago that are complaining saying that it is racist because it would go do 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 It would find the shot where it's going off. They had cameras and stuff, and guess what? It would be a black shooter or a Latino shooter or a person of color. And per chance, statistically, it was much higher that it would triangulate and find black and Latino or people of color committing these crimes in Chicago. So that apparently is racist. Well, the mayor... He campaigned that he was going to get rid of this. And so to, so he came out a couple days ago. Let me go to this first little thingy. And he was trying to keep the system in place till after the Democratic National Convention that's going to be in Chicago. Um, but he doesn't want to pay for it anymore. Uh, he wants to he wants to rely on some other things, and we'll get to that in a second. But here's here was initially what he stated. Here we go. Let me play this real quick. The campaign promise fulfilled. Thank Mayor Brandon Johnson is ending the city's use of the controversial gunfire surveillance system known as ShotSpotter. The city's contract with the company behind ShotSpotter expires on Friday, and the police will stop using the technology September 22nd, about a month after the Democratic National Convention. A city statement said, moving forward, Chicago will deploy its resources on the most effective strategies and tactics proven to accelerate the current downward trend in violent crime. For years, grassroots organizations targeted ShotSpotter. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. So so he intended to keep the system in place till after the Democratic National Convention, uh, but the people that run ShotSpotter said, nope, if you ain't going to pay for it, guess what? We're yanking it out now. We're yanking it out now. So... <laughs> um, so how the mayor, Brandon, got asked a question. He's like, well, you know, a reporter's asking, well, I'll show you what the reporter's asking, but they're basically asking if we're not going to use the shot spotter system, which was effective, what do you plan on doing to reduce gun violence in Chicago? Here we go. Here's Mr. Brandon. Good afternoon, Mayor. I'll Good be quick. Um, first question, if the city isn't considering a gunshot detection alternative to ShotSpotter, then what should replace it? Um, will it still be a form of surveillance technology? Well, and thank you for that question. As I've said, the violence that we experience in Chicago is horrific. And though shootings are down, homicides are down, there's still a lot of work to be done. My plan and my vision for the city of Chicago is comprehensive. It's going to take more than what has been done to get to the results that I'm committed to, to, to see come to fruition. Sounds like a lot of hopes and, and prayers. And so investing in people is our best pathway forward. Now, you know, are there other technological advances, you know, that I may not be aware of that provide a non-police response to respond to emergency because 40% of the calls that come through are, are mental health crises. There could be some forms of technology that can give us a response so that EMT can show up and mental health crisis providers can show up. I'm not aware of any. You know, but again, the approach here is, is to build a comprehensive approach. And that's what we've done. And so I, I don't want us to, to fall into the trap and the behavior of, of, of old, where we only look at policing as the only form to build a better, stronger, safer Chicago. Okay. Well, let's, 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 let's delve in and read between the lines there. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to count on policing. Uh, so let's say he wants to invest in people. He wants to move away from policing and he hopes that some future technology is discovered that solves mental illness. Yeah, that's hopes and prayers, buddy. That is hopes and prayers. What he's looking for, he's looking for a system like Minority Report. Remember that movie where it just, uh, you know, basically we're heading there. Let's get a little conspirator, conspiratorial here. Uh, let's see. Everybody has Elon Musk Neuralink in the future. They can tell what we're what we're thinking, what we're plotting, and uh, just go ahead and intercept them before the crime's committed. Minority Report, right? That, that was a movie. Let's do that. Let's do that. Hopes and prayers, buddy. Hopes and prayers. I just I just can't get over the fact that this whole shot spotter system got such a bad rap as being a racial racist system when all it's doing is triangulating gunshot sounds. 
you know, the, the, the bottom line here is that that ideology, that that thought is um, is that if a black person or a person of color, a Latino or somebody gets arrested, point blank, it's a racist. It's racist. Well, Chicago's a shit show, so they can keep on going with their leftist ways and try and figure it out. And, you know, with the mayor's new hopes and prayers program, let's see how that works out for them in the future. I'm sure uh, Chicago's shootings and death rate is just going to plummet uh, dramatically with these hopes and prayers that Mayor Brandon is pushing this way. Okay, so let's get to a little bit of Fannie, Will Fannie Willis, okay? Uh, now, here's a clip that didn't age well at all for Fannie. Uh, and this was Fannie on her... I've always had this thing about this, you know, when you find people that are really taking the pulpit and they're really going to town and uh, 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 really preaching against something, it almost always turns out that they're committing whatever they're preaching about in their own backyard. When somebody is very negative and condemning towards a certain action, a la for you, those of you that are older, Jimmy Swaggart, um, it almost always just turns out to be Whatever. Like, I'm just waiting for the God's hate fags people to come out as a bunch of fags. I don't think I'm allowed to say that, even though they are the God hates fags people. Well, anyways, here's Fanny, and this is a really short clip, but I'll tell you what, this clip has not aged well at all for poor, poor, poor Fanny. Because they deserve a DA that won't have sex with his employees. Because they deserve a DA that won't put money in their own pocket when it should go to benefit children. Because we deserve better. Because yeah, say that. let's listen to that one more time. They deserve a DA. They deserve that a DA. Won't have sex with his employees. Won't have sex with the employees. Well, that was a very that was a very particular choice of words. Uh, won't have sex with his employees. Well. Fanny, we all know how the shit's been hitting the fan for Fanny. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to watch. There's so many clips of Fanny going around right now. Oh, but here's the Fanny because she said sex with employees. So legally, she is an attorney, and she doesn't consider her 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 meat muffin to be a uh, an employee. He's an agent. So you know, apples oranges. You know, she's not a DA that was having sex with employees. He was an agent. So here goes Fanny explaining that to us like we're freaking idiots. You were, I think that's the statement that I made. So if you want to quote me, quote me accurately. So it's your position because Mr. Wade was not an employee or it's your position he wasn't an employee, correct? Mr. Wade is not an employee and he will tell you that over and over again. statement just so I make sure I accurately quote you what you said was you won't work you won't sleep with people who work under you do you not consider Mr. Wade working under you I consider Mr. Wade to be an agent an agent an agent he's not an employee you dumb white biatch he's an agent well you know that, that clears it up a little bit that clears it up a little bit right in Fanny's defense I mean she is an attorney she is uh, very meticulous with the words she used. And she did say an employee and not an agent. He's the meat agent. He's the Mr. Wade, the agent of Dick. Okay, now once again, I kind of feel bad because this is this is blowing up all over the media, right? And it's, uh, and it's really getting into these people's personal business because I don't care who Fanny, who's spanking Big Fanny's ass. I don't care who Wade is sticking his meat stick in. It really doesn't matter to me. I really don't care. But the bottom line of this is about them lying to the courts. And if they're going to lie to the courts about this, what else are they lying about? Okay? At least that's how it's justified in these court systems. Uh, but Fannie was making a, a, a peculiar uh, spectacle of herself uh, when it came to her, her, her geography and her, her knowledge of uh, world geography. She is a, a mass traveler. Uh, but she's not too sure where she went. Check this out. Did you and Mr. Wade go to New York? I've gone to New York. Um, I've gone to New York twice um, since I've been district attorney. <clears throat> I'm trying to think if it's two or three times. I went to do a domestic violence thing there for sure. And I was honored and I went to the Apollo there. Those are the only two. All right. Fair enough. Mind. Fair enough. Fair I enough. Went. Okay. But these the good questions me. are coming up. You also said that he was a world traveler and had been on many of the continents have been to six have you been on six any continents. Of those continents with him um besides this one 
uh, where's Belize? What continent is that? I'm not being funny. I don't know. Let's say with the I've exception been to of the Belize with him. I've been to the Bahamas with him. I've been with Aruba with him. Don't embarrass me. I'm not sure what continents those are on. Whatever continents those are, that's where I've been. I'm sure if I gave it some thought, I would tell you. But whatever continents those are, that I've been to those locations, sir. But not Australia or any other continents. I don't even want to go to Australia. I do know he took a trip in December to Australia. I have no idea. You know, I don't know anything about that trip. I mean, that's unfair. I mean, I, Belize, South America, I'm assuming, uh, Aruba, that's down there in the, I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably fumble those questions, too. But uh, but the thing is, is they deny that there was a lot of international dicking going on. Uh, and so the courts are kind of like, well, she, she's going to be disqualified. She's going to be disqualified out of this case. You can't, you can't lie this much. And I feel bad for Mr. Wade. Uh, you can see it on his face here when he was asked, uh, have you ever been to a, a, a cabin with Big Fanny at all? At all? And, and and just just look at the face of poor Mr. Wade. I feel bad for him. Did you go to a cabin with Miss Willis ever? Ever. Ever. Good move here. Just running out the clock. And he keeps going there. He <laughs> he never gives an answer. He just looks, stares off to space, and he's just thinking in his head. I mean, what are the thoughts going through his head right now? <laughs> it's just like he's thinking, well, do they have proof that I was ever in a cabin? Was it a log cabin? It wasn't a log cabin. So it, it, are, are they only asking me about log cabins? It was just a – it was more of a, a house structure in the woods. You know, he, he's, he, you can see him calculating his brain. He's like, well, how can I work this into, into my favor? Cabot, define Cabot. You know, the old Bill Clinton. What is, is. You know what I mean? Oh, poor guy. Poor guy. Um, and one more fanny clip before we get the uh, before we get the wrap-ups from uh, MSNBC, which knows that this whole thing is just screwed beyond belief. Here we go. Here's Fanny one more time, uh, losing her shit a little bit on the attorney. Say something. But I'm interested in, did you have contacts with Mr. Wade in 2020? And your answer so far has been yes, correct? Very limited contact because um, Mr. Wade had a form of cancer that makes your allegations somewhat ridiculous. I, I do appreciate the characterization. I'm not going to emasculate a black man, but I'm, I'm just telling you. I'm that. sorry, what? I'm not going to emasculate a black man. Did you understand that? All right, well, I don't think we should discuss further. Mr. Sadown. You know, she is pretty spunky. I, I would definitely hire Fanny to fight a case for me. I'd just be like, you know, hey, you know, just don't lie to the courts going into this about who you're screwing. Just tell them you're screwing everybody. That way you don't have any, you know, nothing hanging over your head. Just say, I've had sex with everybody in this room. And then, you know, you're you're clean. You've come clean. Oh, man, these people's lives. The personalized. I feel sorry for their whoever their spouses are. I, I don't know much about this story of, <laughs> of what, their, what their position is. Uh, but, man. Man, what a crap show. What a mess. Well, MSNBC had an attorney in there that was analyzing the whole thing, and this is this is what it all boils down to. Here's the nuts and bolts of what happened today in the Fannie case, the Fannie Willis, the prosecutor that was against Trump. Let's take a little listen to MSNBC. The legalese fool you. This is epic. This is monumental. If things are going in the direction we think uh, Fannie Willis lied to the court, it's game over for her. She will be disqualified. Um, if they had a relationship prior to when they uh, represented to, to the court, it's it's a huge deal. I, I can't overstate it. And do you feel the same way, Charles, based on the testimony of what we just heard and we just learned Nathan Wade who is the special prosecutor in this case, walked in the courtroom. He is being sworn in to testify now about this issue and his relationship with Fonnie Willis. Yeah, okay, so MSBC, and MSNBC was calling it, that's for sure. Uh, Nathan Wade, it was interesting because, you know, if you're not too, if you've never been sued before, uh, maybe you're not aware of this, but there's uh, some form documents that are sent off to you early on in the trial. They're called interrogatories. Uh, Nathan Wade, basically in those interrogatories, basically stated that he had never had sex outside of his marriage 
at any time since 2015 till the filing of the court case. And of course, the attorney, I'm not going to play the clip, but the attorney just went at him hard. And he said, well, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I never had sex outside the marriage till after the marriage was uh, dissolved, not legally dissolved, dissolved in his mind. Um, and the attorney basically got him to admit, OK, yeah, I was fucking fanny. You know, it is what it is. But the problem is on his interrogatories, he completely lied about it and said, no, that's not even that's not even an issue. Uh, OK. All right. Enough of the fanny stuff. We know that's that's a, that's a that's a open and shut uh, deal with Fannie as the prosecutor against Trump down there in those cases. Uh, she lied to the courts. She's screwed. There's no other way around it. Now, uh, Tucker on his uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Russia tour, once again, is um, a lot of people are going to call this propaganda, but it's the sad reality. I actually got a calculator out and I started calculating some of the things he was saying. Uh, but here's Tucker at a Russian grocery store talking about the prices of grocery in Russia compared to the United States. Now, we have to balance out, well, how much does a Russian make compared to the United States make? What's the Russian annual income in U.S. dollars, all that conversion? I actually got a calculator out, and I did it, and it's like, oh, wow, yeah, it's way better if you're Russian, if you want to buy a house, if you want to buy groceries. Um, the inflation is not as bad over there. You're in really good shape if you're a Russian as far as financially and being able the affordability, the affordability to buy a home, buy groceries. I mean, here's Tucker talking about it. Let's go. I went from amused to legitimately angry. Um, so we were guessing what this would cost. Everybody here is from the United States buys groceries, and we didn't pay any attention to costs as we were just putting in the cart what we would actually eat over a week. And we all came in around 400 bucks, about 400 bucks. Um, it was $104 US here. And that's when you start to realize that ideology maybe doesn't matter as much as you thought, corruption. If you take people's standard of living and you tank it through filth and crime and inflation, and they literally can't buy the groceries they want, at that point, maybe it matters less what you say or whether you're a good person or a bad person. You're wrecking people's lives in their country, and that's what our leaders have done to us. And coming to a Russian grocery store, the heart of evil, and seeing what things cost and how people live, it will radicalize you against our leaders. That's how I feel anyway, radicalized. Mm. We're not making any of this up, by the way. Okay. All right. So I, I, I heard what Tucker said, and I'm like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, have, I had some notes on my phone. Let me, let me pull them up. Okay. So uh, the average income in United States, when adjusted for inflation uh, since the 2022 census, it was $99,000 per household. Now it's with inflation. With inflation, we haven't had an, another census, but they're predicting it to be about a hundred, and uh, I believe it was a hundred and thirty thousand dollars U.S. dollars. Tucker estimated those groceries at four hundred dollars, and they cost one hundred dollars. And I thought, well, okay, well that's all relevant. That's all relevant. How much do Russians? What's the median household income of Russia? Well, it's thirty-seven million, thirty-seven and a half million rubles. And I'm like, well, what's a ruble? Well, convert that to dollars, and what that means is it's four hundred and five thousand. U.S. dollars. So we, as Americans, are making, what is that? 32% mm, of what a Russian household makes. And we're paying 75% more for groceries. That's what Tucker's talking about. That's what guy has this face on Tucker. Well, no, that's, that's his O face. But uh, anyways, that's what had Tucker pissed off is realizing that we, they can talk crap about Russia all they want, but when the rubber meets the road, I, I actually delved into median house prices in, in Russia compared to the United States. But th they do things different. We do square footage. They do it by square meters. Uh, but even that was like, you know, $6,000 a square meter when you convert it in San Francisco. Uh, you know, L.A. was like, you know, 6000 a square meter. And in Russia, it was like 1500 a square meter. So the, the cost of housing is so much more uh, reasonable in Russia. It really makes you think, what the hell are we doing here? We're blowing money. I said this the other day. I said that America is this country that wants to act like we're this rich, poor kid. 
You know, the kid that wants to put on the persona to everybody else at the club and say, hey, I'm rich, but he's really poor, but I'm rich. Uh, let's buy some shots. Let's buy a bottle of champagne. Let's spray it. But when they get back home, they're living in a cardboard box because they're poor and they're faking it to everybody. We're out there. America is out there and they're out there in the global economy. We'll send money to anybody that needs money when we neglect our own. I mean, we just started off this show with a story of where they're they're spending more on immigrants in New York City than they are on veterans. You know, that 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 an illegal immigrant coming into this country illegally, illegally shouldn't be here to begin with, is receiving more money in food SNAP benefits than a poor American. We're not even taking care of our own. It's pathetic. The priorities of this country are so far out of whack. We're destroying ourselves. We're destroying ourselves. And Tucker. Thank God he has the ability to go over to Russia and look at another country, look at our sworn enemy for decades. We're at war with them right now in the Ukraine. And it's like, man, we are doing something wrong. If the quality of life for the people in Russia, their affordability of housing and groceries is better than an American, you know, we're number one. We're number one. No, we're not. No, we're not. We are going down the toilet. The toilet's getting flushed and we're going down the shitter so fast it's not even funny. And it's disgusting. You know, and Tucker starts this off as all it was in, it's infuriating to see another country that's our sworn enemy and they're doing they're doing great. They're doing great compared to us here in America. We're just struggling to get by, struggling to get by. All right. Well, let's let's turn our aim, let's turn our shots towards the uh Biden administration and the man behind pulling all the puppet strings, or maybe he's being pulled, his puppet strings are being pulled. That's probably a better way of saying it. But the man, the father figure of this country, uh, for Father America, uh, Mr. Biden. Here's a doctor talking about this whole uproar that's going on right now about uh, Biden avoiding the cognitive test. And, you know, they made Trump do the cognitive test when he was in office. And here's just a doctor that's talking about it. And he's uh, laying down some harsh realities. And, of course, it's on Fox News. Uh, where else am I going to find this? Come on, let's be real. Listen to this. A cognitive test that the White House has essentially dismissed out of hand. What? Hold on for a second. I didn't know this. Did I miss Ash Wednesday? Is that what's going on here? Is that a target on her head? I'm assuming it's Ash Wednesday. Okay. Back to the story. I don't know how I didn't notice that when I watched this the first time. Okay. What would that tell us about his current state of mind, his condition? Well, I think Laura would tell us exactly what we all already know, and I'm not even sure that we need the cognitive test anymore. Everyone in the country knows what's going on right now. It would tell us that he's not fit to be our president, our commander-in-chief, and our head of state. It's unfortunate, you know, but I, I, I maintain that, you know, President Trump had to do a cognitive test. The, the press just went crazy demanding, you know, and I was a physician at the time, demanding that he have a cognitive test done as part of his physical exam uh, because they didn't like his personality, they didn't like his, his style, not because he did anything that was uh, concerning on a cognitive level, but, you know, they They've set the precedent now, and I think that I told them today, I had a press conference today, and I said, you know, I want to see the same enthusiasm and the same insistence that President Biden get a cognitive test done now, because if we've ever had a sitting president that needs a cognitive test, it's right now. This is an absolute disaster. Same thing I said I've been saying this, and you've heard me say it a thousand times. I've been saying it since he was candidate Joe Biden. This man's not fit to be our president. You know, he's continued to, uh, to demonstrate to the entire world over and over over the last three and a half years that that's the case. Now we have the Her Report completely different angle, you know, an appointee from his own DOJ that's that's basically saying the wanna, same thing now. Yeah. Yeah, I want to point out that the White House said in response today, Congressman, you just got out a mouthful there, in a statement to Fox Digital, they compared you <laughs> to a Simpsons character, basically saying you have no credibility, um, you know, Im Im implying well, that, you know, you kind of fudged Trump's cognitive test and that you have no credibility on this. You're That's absolutely honest. ridiculous. And you know, Laura, I was at the White House. I was a White House physician for 14 years. I took care of President Bush for three years. I took care of President Obama for eight years. And I took care of President Bush for three, or President Trump for three years. So I was there 14 years for three different administrations, including eight years in the Obama administration, in which I was the appointed physician to the president for Obama. Most of these people, a lot of these people are in the West Wing right now with Joe Biden. I took care of them. They were the, So for them to make that claim is ridiculous. It doesn't right, we surprise get it. me. Yeah, they're, they're they spend yes, all their time watching. All right, yeah, we got, you. we got it too. We got it too. We got it too. We got it too. Okay. All right. So the cognitive test, this doctor, there's a uh, White House physician for 14 years. He's saying there's no way. And what does Babylon uh, B have to say about this? Well, they said, uh, okay, uh, can you take us to another leader? Says exasperated alien after trying to communicate with Joe Biden.
<laughs> That's funny. That's funny. You have to laugh. You have to laugh. You should laugh. Okay, now this was one other thing. Um, you know, we had this whole thing with CNN was uh, in 2018, 2019 was calling Trump just a liar over and over and over and over. Well, there's an interesting guy, and I came across this interview, and this is the ex-husband of Jill Biden. And it's a long interview, and I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I'll give you a little backstory to it. He, this guy was married to Jill Biden. They were young. Uh, they were they were helping Biden as a young politician uh, in his in, in his in his um, campaigning. And of course, uh, Joe took a liking to Jill, and the rest is history. Um, but this guy has can't get away from Joe Biden. And he has some very interesting things to say about Joe Biden. And he's come out and he said before, he's all, hey, my relationship with Joe Biden and Jill Biden, my ex-wife and all that kind of stuff, that shouldn't be a reason why or not you vote for Joe Biden. But the way that he talks about this guy, he, he he's going to tell a story here about how Joe Biden early on in one of his early campaigns that this guy's in the audience helping Joe Biden campaign. And Joe stole one of his stories and played it off as his own in the campaign. And he's just talking about this, you know, Mr. Joe Biden being a pathological liar for decades. Here we go. Let's take a listen. Uh, you're married to Jill. You're working with Joe, trying to get him elected, throwing fundraisers. And at some point, Joe starts a relationship with your then wife. You have no doubt. No doubt. Okay, big deal. And the story she just told about... First date, going to the movies in Philadelphia, and Frank Biden giving the phone number. What do you say? Is that at all true? It's an absolute lie. And what's so funny was, uh, they're saying it happened in March of 75. I do have that date right. Uh, I'm saying that the affair started in the summer of 1974. Yeah, I don't care about the affair. Where a Corvette that I had just but we're getting her there. for her birthday, Joe backed into another car and then failed to pay the person within a reasonable amount of time. And he came to my business, explained the story that his car was damaged. And uh, three quarters of the way through the conversation, he told me that it was Joe driving, not Joe. So, yeah, there's some fact. One more little funny thing, though, that uh, is even crazier about that story with Piers Morgan is that Joe and I had gone to Philadelphia often to a restaurant called Champagnon. Uh, why they would go to that restaurant on their first date is crazy. Not only did the waiter recognize them, one of my great friends was there and took that picture of Joe and Joe in that restaurant. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense at all. All right. Now, but you have no bitterness toward Jill. Things happen in life. People make mistakes. And I think you actually said at one point this happened. People should know, but it's not necessarily back in 2020, I think you said this, a reason to vote against Joe Biden. People make mistakes. You know, a lot of our marriages end in divorce. That is not a reason not to vote for Joe Biden, in your opinion, although there are plenty of others. But I just want to be clear on that. <laughs> if, if I'm right, am I right about that? Is that how you view things? Oh, 100 percent. You're right. Uh, I just the other day when I found out she had COVID, I asked for my Facebook friends to send a prayer her way. Uh, I have no issues with Dr. Jill Biden. Uh, we were both very young. Everybody around me knows that it has worked out unbelievably for me with Linda, my stepdaughter, Christina, and my family. It's been, it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me, Greg. We have a poll here. Uh, a lot of people do not think that Joe is up to the job. Uh, as president, 60 percent expressed doubts about his mental fitness for the role of president. Um, Seventy three percent of voters in the U.S. expressed concerns that Joe Biden is too old. You knew him all the way back in 1971. You see him around now. And it's it's probably it's obvious to all of us. We've seen the old footage, but it's certainly obvious to you, probably more than anybody, that uh, this guy is a different man. Not only is he a different man. It is uh, absolutely amazing what I feel he's doing to destroy this country. Greg, we've all had those friends that uh, here's the part right here their whole lives. Uh, you know, you lose those friends hopefully down the road, and that's what's happened to him. I'm probably the only guy that has known him for 51 years, 
and just because I can't get away from him, it seems, that uh, I watch what's going on. Those guys that continue to tell lies, he told them literally on the first fundraiser that I did with him, he stole a story from me, and I think uh, some of your uh, viewers have, saw, have seen that story. But this guy has lied so much. And what happens to those people over time is that they don't know where the lie ends and where the truth is, especially later right. on in life. You begin to confuse them. I mean, I'm 75. Uh, my whole life has been an open book to my friends. All my best friends I went to prep school with, my five closest loyal followers and friends have known me for almost 55, 56 years. Nothing has changed between the five of us. Boy, what's changed between Joe is it's dangerous for the country, and it's dangerous for a country that I love. That's right. Okay, that was uh, – oh, I forget who that guy is. Anyways, uh, you know, and I agree with this guy 100% that when you come across a person like Joe Biden that has lied so much over his entire career, I mean, you look at the, the, the history that he's had of just lying, lying, plagiarism, and just flat out lying. He, and he's getting old. His cognitive ability isn't there, and he cannot determine – truth from the false reality that he's created over these decades in uh, of, of his presidency and his political career. It's sad. It's sad. It's sad. But, you know, we see this all the time where politicians just lie, 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 tell people whatever they want to hear, and they can't keep it straight. They can't keep it straight. So we did a, we did the story here yesterday or the day before, and it was about the uh, fried breaking of the breaking of chicken with the black family, uh, the Biden commercial or the Biden little publicity piece that the Biden administration came out with um, Sleepy Joe sitting down with the family. Uh, now the responses are starting to come back from the um, people of color of how they feel about that whole breaking of chicken with Joe Biden. Here we go. Will the chicken summit be effective? No, because let me tell you something, Jesse. He forgot to bring watermelon and grape drink. Now, if he had brought watermelon and grape drink, that would have completed the trifecta. But he felt like we only like chicken and we need these things in conjunction with each other. And I'm just sad that he decided to carry it a little farther and say, let me get a hamburger so I can let you know I'm different than you. I don't know if you heard that part. He decided to have a hamburger. He didn't want none of that Negro food. He did not want the chicken. That's for sure. Well, that's one voice. I'm not going to say that's the voice of all black Americans, but that is a black man that was on Fox News. Oh, but you know what? Let me let this play uh, because he goes on to talk to ask this gentleman. You know, we were talking about how early on when when Biden was first running against Trump, how you couldn't find a black person on the street that would support Trump. Everybody hated Trump and how the tides have turned. It's actually pretty interesting. Let's keep listening. We always send Johnny out. I'm sure you've seen all the shows. You never miss an episode of primetime. When I used to go out in the street during the Obama years, I had such a hard time finding a black American who didn't like Obama. Obama could do anything, and they loved him. Johnny goes out now. We have a hard time finding black Americans who like Biden. Is that going to translate into anything? I think it really is. Let me tell you something. Not only do I watch you every night, but my mom watches. Uh, she watches, and she says she hate watches you. She watches you, <laughs> but you make points, but she said you're crazy. So and I believe mom. that that's what's happening. A Bo lot of... <laughs> <laughs> both, of our, both of our moms hate watch me. <laughs> well, I know. So I think what's happening is really a movement is coming about. I've been on the whole, hey, as black people, we should hold our vote for who is actually for us for a long time. And I got called all kinds of words that I won't say on your family, family friendly program. But I really do think a solid movement is going here. I live in Atlanta and I've heard from a lot of people who called into my radio program about how they really are changing. So there's a real momentum. It's more than just words. This is really happening. So should we put how much stock in 50, Snoop, Killer Mike, guys like that? 
You don't put any much stock in them, but I'll tell you what you should put stock in. Most black men, as Killer Mike said, they have fears, but he didn't tell you what the exact fear was. The fear is in the black community that black men don't want to upset black women. If you remember in the last election cycle, <laughs> black men were coming out. Seriously, they were coming out voting and saying they were going to vote for Trump. And then there were articles upon articles in major magazines, uh, Huff, Huff Post, talking about how black men have let the black community down. So they were afraid of having that put on them. So now I think many of them, because black women are starting to say, hey, I'm looking elsewhere, they're feeling more emboldened to say, we're really going to go and cast that ballot for someone other than a Democrat. All right, we have so much in common. I don't All right. Yeah. Well, um, I think we've been seeing this uh, coming in the landslide. Yeah. Biden has really lost the black vote now. And according to this guy, I'm not exactly sure who he is, uh, but the, uh, the, the, the breaking of the chicken, the breaking of the chicken, the publicity piece that went out, it's not working because they forgot the watermelon and the grape Kool-Aid. Okay. So I'm, I'm only, I'm about ready to wrap up here and this is pretty boring. But I think this is the most critical, all this other Fanny, big Fanny Willis is all over the news and all this other kind of stuff. But I think this is the most critical thing that I saw in the news today. And what this is, this is um, this is President Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan. OK, and he is arguing that it's not in the American people's national security interest to require a warrant for surveillance. He is rejecting a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, the FISA, F-I-S-A, amendment, and, and that amendment is what mandates a warrant for spying on Americans, okay? He said it is not in the interest of the American people not to be spied on without a court warrant. Now, this is, once again, this is uh, Biden's National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, and he's basically saying that, hey, we're going to go to this and we're going to petition to just do away with this whole warrant to surveil America. You know what that means? talking about the state getting in the federal government getting involved in everything you do where he, he's trying to argue that they have access to everything we don't need a warrant for it we can just eavesdrop wiretap do whatever we want at any time on any person and he's saying that because of your they always like to play on your fear they always like to play on your fear and he says it's in the best interest of americans to let us do this let us spy on everybody let you have absolutely no privacy because it's in the best interest for your safety here we go take a listen there are a couple of amendments that are being considered one of them would require a warrant for every query of lawfully collected data if that were to pass and get into the bill would the president veto that bill so I'm not in a position to stand here today and make veto threats on behalf of the president. Those are, are um, you know, decisions for him to make. What I will tell you is that we do not believe that that serves the national security interests of the United States. And in fact, today I will be making that case to a number of members uh, that the warrant requirement as conceived is not the best way actually to ensure the protection of the personal privacy of Americans. There are a number of other elements of the bill that we have supported that would reform and update FISA to protect the civil liberties of Americans. But a warrant requirement from our perspective would go too far in undermining the very purpose of FISA and frankly it would put victims at risk. Yeah, there's always something bigger going on. Uh, when, when you're sidetracked with Fannie Willis and who she's dicking on what continent, um, and Nathan, whatever, Nathan Wade, uh, there's always something bigger else going on behind the scenes. Always. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up. This is the last story. This is New York Post. And this you need to pay attention to because 80% of Americans test positive for chemicals found in Cheerios, Quaker Oats that may cause infertility, delayed puberty, uh, that's according to the study. So this is from the New York Post. So you know what? I finally found out why the whole country is turning trans and it's just off its rocker. It's because of the oatmeal. It's because of the oatmeal. Quaker Oats, man. That, that old dude's been sitting on that can staring across the table at me for decades. And all of a sudden, I have puberty blockers, infertility, delayed puberty. Come on. Come on. It's it's the Quakers. The Quakers. That, that they put us in this mess. That's what's going on. All right, well, I'll tell you what. Excited for you to see it taken. Oh, that was Kill Tony. Uh, I didn't have a song queued up. Anyways, this has been Jake. Nope, oh, still Kill Tony. Oh, well, I was going to play out with a song, but I guess we're going to wrap it up right here. This has been Jake, live on the news. Subscribe, follow. Uh, we're coming back more with some big things. I will talk to you later. Have a good one. Goodbye.